Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. So we already had an episode that was uh, primarily focused on vampires, and for that one, we discussed our favorite vampire lore and tropes and characters, and I thought it could be fun for this one to talk about our least favorite, our most hated vampire story tropes. I'm trying to think of, like, a good example, but I think you all know what I'm getting at. I definitely hate when, like... They use vampires as like an allegory for illegal or unethical sexual deviance. Mm. I especially hate like the vampire child trope. Yes. Gosh, even some great writers fall into that horrible trap. And like, while I don't hate the character, like, oof, even like um, an interview with a vampire, it's yeah. so grueling to watch. Yeah, like the... I may look like a child, but actually I'm a 3,000-year-old dragon. Yeah. That it, stupid thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad one. The only one that I can think of that's, like, funny off the top of my head is um, what we do in the shadows, <laughs> where there's a child vampire, and he's like, yeah, you doing good at killing pedophiles today? And they're like, doing real good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Truly the only good way to use that trope. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> I detest... However, vampire thing is about romance. I, ju- yeah. I mean, it's sort of foundational to the genre because it's all about the seduction away from normalcy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> I kind of like it, especially I like it. in. Um, I, I always think of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where Dracula like kills a baby in front of Jonathan, and Jonathan's like, "You monster!" And then the next scene, he's like writing in his diary, "Today, Dracula noticed me." <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want stories where they people happen to be vampires. I'm not a big romance person. Mm. So I just want some non... Well, I mean, they can be horny, but, like, do it on your own time. You want mm. the romance to be a subplot. Yes! Yeah, why can't we have a vampire bank heist? Write <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> it. Put it out there. I'm sure yeah, there's you, a... You write that heist vampire <laughs> novel that you've always I'm sure there's like an Ocean's Eleven vampire it would be so alternate universe. Fun. Why? I love that for you. Why don't we have these? I'm bad at writing creatively. Mm-hmm. So like someone else please write it and then I'll read it. You would like the Octavia Butler that I was talking about the other day. Yes. You would. It's more about the politics and society of vampires than anything else. What it should be about. But it does suffer from the, I'm actually a 3,000-year-old dragon. No. Below me. I'm sorry, it does. 
My least favorite is sort of tangential mm -hmm. to yours. It's not the romance that I dislike. It's the object of the romance mm -hmm. being the naive, normal girl, mm -hmm. especially in the high school setting. Like, it's literally predatory mm -hmm. because yeah. of the fact that it's a predator-prey dynamic between a mm -hmm. monster and a human, but it mirrors, like, a predatory age gap. Yeah situation so perfectly and it's like put on this pedestal is the weird thing it's like you know if my if i'm like 17 years old and my best friend has like a 35 year old boyfriend i'm gonna be like why what the fuck <laughs> you know what i mean so like why is like a 235 year old boyfriend better somehow <laughs> yeah it's also like there's something about that trope that's usually inherently misogynistic yes. too it's like right. how lucky is this dumb plain girl that right. she's been chosen by this vampire and now has to give her whole existence right and they're usually like sexually naive and yeah. it's like true love or whatever so they're never going to have any other sexual or romantic exploration or mm -hmm. experience outside of this romance there's also the like plucking the innocence mm -hmm. out too that I find like I don't know I just yeah me. And, and yeah so when it's like the teenage yeah. girl character it's just like really strange I, you know i was sort of hoping one of y'all would pick something sort of innocuous that we could fight about you, you both picked things about vampires that that's like legit i get it mm -hmm. yeah i was hoping one of you would be like I don't like that the Twilight vampir vampires. <laughs> I almost said vampires. 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 Umpires. <laughs> oh, who's the umpire in Twilight? They're, they literally have a vampire umpire. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I think do. it's Alice. A vampire. A vampire. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I was hoping one of you would be like, I don't like that the Twilight vampires are sparkly, and then we could fight about it. I'm kind of like over the Twilight hate. It's super bad, mm -hmm. but. But, like, get weird with your vampire stories. Make weird shit happen if just, you're going to go there. Just because neither of you brought this up and I just want to mm -hmm. talk about it, I'm here to defend sparkly vampires. Mm -hmm. Because a big part of what I find about a lot of vampire stories cool is how they use magic and glamours and mm -hmm. suggestion mm -hmm. as part of their whole, like, method of seduction and, like, predation. And I think that being sparkly and pretty fits right into that. And oh, I, I have so many other issues with twilight and stephanie meyer and yeah mm -hmm. all of that that you know sparkles just aren't even a blip on my radar i want to give a little shout out i don't know if either of you read it it was like college humor or something wrote a uh -huh. joke book making fun of twilight oh like an actual book you could buy yeah and in it spoiler alert but in it this girl like falls in love with her dreamy vampire and then it turns out he's just emo and real vampires come and like kill the whole school at the end that's incredible wow <laughs> i don't know how but this has stuck with me till today <laughs> i love that interesting it was a great twist ending at the big prom no that's incredible i want to read that now you don't happen to remember what it was called, do you? No. And I doubt it was even worth reading. I remember it being so dramatic, but ah. it was fun. Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 3, Bloodlust, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer AU episode. <laughs> this episode was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Robert Singer and originally aired on October 12, 2006. Yeah. All right. So this was definitely an interesting cold open. I very much like the campiness of it. 
Yeah, the uh, the slasher movie vibes. Yeah, exactly. I like the screaming and then like the running and tripping immediately. I love the hand reaching around the tree and feeling the moss too. Ooh, the moss. <laughs> yeah. I do love me some moss. I think the best is that really campy blood splatter on the tree though. Yes. Yeah. That's my fave. And, and the scene. sickle in the air. Yeah, yeah. The sickle is very good. I actually think that there's like just a general air of campiness in like the first fourth of this episode. Like we get like that kind of playfulness between the brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, back in black because the yeah. car is all fixed up. Yeah, they got their Gratuitous budget. shots of car parts. There were probably like three separate cuts to like the wheels. I and was like, hood. we get it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and of course we get the ACDC the first mm-hmm. time like we get like appropriate music. Right. They can afford the real classic rock and not the off-brand late 90s dad rock stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They yeah. do make a Dean in the car sex joke, though. Do as you, as you do. As, as you, you do. do. And it just makes me think of the episode of My Strange Addiction where the guy is <laughs> having sex with his car and, like, has to tell his dad, I'm in love with my car. So is Dean actually a bisexual or is he car sexual? Shh. <laughs> yes to both. Um, <laughs> Shh. Shush you. Yeah, I just thought the scene was really cute. The brothers were very playful with each other. There was a line that kind of set the tone Mm -hmm. for the entire episode. You just need to enjoy it, Sam, like liven up, talking about like hunting in general. He says so much effed up crap happens in Florida. Yeah. Which I want to mention for a sec, because this is one of my favorite fun facts. So do you know why Florida has this reputation? Well, it's because of the Florida man thing. So partially, Florida does have some wild people there. Sure, yeah. With a lot of drugs and some money and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some very different backgrounds. But also, Florida has one of the loosest laws for protecting your privacy when you get arrested. Oh. So it kind of spirals. So it starts with something happens in Florida. It gets reported on the news because it's way easier for them to report it and not get sued there Uh and then it kind of gives that understanding of florida being that place quote unquote and then spirals and keeps building on itself interesting yeah i never would have thought about that fun fact of the day i like that that's an interesting fun fact i'm sorry that like we keep feeding into florida's bad reputation i bet they like it i don't know i don't know anyway I love that scene in the car. They're so sweet and small, and I did start to cry, and Allie did taunt me and scream, yeah, cry about it, cry. I got got a little aggressive, and then I immediately was like, oh, I'm very glad that wasn't recorded. Yeah, it was a little scary. (laughs) I was like, I'm already crying. Like, what else can, what what else do you want? (laughs) Oh, Allie. So after we get this police interview scene and mustache, yeah, incredible mustache, the amazing, biggest, bristliest, walrusiest mm-hmm. policeman mustache, walrusiest. Yes, I like it. I bet it holds so much food. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh. I like snacks. <laughs> I love how that's what I do with it. The mustache goes up in line with his receding hairline up top. Yes, everything in perfect symmetry yes. as God intended. It's mm-hmm. just a master. It is. It is, truly. Yeah, also, he's a cattle knowledge enthusiast. He is 
just so happy to share about like the blood and juices and rotting. He's like, let me tell you about why there's no such thing as Satan. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't see what this has to do with that, but all right. Yeah, there yeah. can't be a Satan. <laughs> yeah, there's no explodes. Satan because of the fact that cows split open naturally in the sun. Okay. <laughs> he looks, looks them right in the eye and goes, as if it were cut open by a surgeon. I'm like, this man is cutting up in cows. I know it. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because with the intro of this being like that slasher callback, the ACDC song, and then like this scene, I thought we were going to have like a cultusy mm-hmm. satanic panic episode. Yeah, the 80s vibes were very strong. Yeah, very strong. And then like it actually swerves with vampires. And it's so weird because, like, Satan and vampires in some mythology have a lot to do with each other, Mm -hmm. but in Supernatural, it doesn't really seem to be the case. Nope. So I just thought that was really interesting. I do love that they're showing here that there's overlapping lore Mm. with creatures. That's a good point. You know, things they notice in the news could be multiple things. Yeah. I do like that. Well, and that should be like a procedural show. Not that this is a procedural show, but the first season felt like it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I like the idea of setting up rules and then like having to work through those rules, mm-hmm. having to work through like your own universe mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. I want you to see in Dean's head when he reads these articles because he got so excited and I could see him being like, dead cows? severed heads (laughs) and just like umped for all his excitement about the severed head when they get to that scene with the body (laughs) and they're like fighting over who's gonna actually have to mess with the head oh yeah it's kind of funny too that's when they make like the first of a few silence of the lambs references and i was kind of like in silence of the lamb like he flayed people and wore their skin like i don't really see how like a decapitated head has anything to do with like the it puts your lotion on the skin line so like Mm -hmm. sarah gamble keep your freaking horror lines (laughs) there's literally a chainsaw like you could have made texas chainsaw massacre references in this episode like we get it you like silence of the lambs but have you seen the movie (laughs) Very confused. So a big controversy with Silence of the Lambs is that it causes or feeds into this stereotype about queer people, specifically trans people, being psycho killers or like serial killers or whatever. Even though in the movie, and I will always remind people of this, in the movie they do say that the murderer was not transgender. It's interesting that they repeatedly make references to Silence of the Lambs during an episode about vampires because we have already talked about how vampire stories are specifically about queer villains corrupting the naive and innocent. Yeah, which to be honest, at this time, those narratives were still probably going super strong. I mean, they still are. Yeah, they still are. I also love, like, they never even check pockets or stuff usually on the bodies. Oh, right. Definitely not orifices. And Dean's like, let's open that map. Yeah, they're like, no, we're not going to check the pockets or look in her eyes or anything, but we're going straight for those gums. It just feels so pervy. Like, it could have been in her nose. No one knows. But he's like, this head... No one knows, knows. Um, I guess head, let's go for the mouth. I think he was just trying to gross Sam out. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the it intent. It just comes off as so strange when you see the other episodes and no one does that. Right. 
I really liked these two scenes in conjunction, mm-hmm. like the car scene and this scene, because I really like when they feel like brothers, because a lot of times that is lacking or was lacking in the first mm-hmm. season. One of my favorite things about vampires is how vampires are treated within their own stories. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is one of the first times like we've seen a vampire and like they leave a corpse as it was like fangs still attached like they're not dusted like in Buffy or they don't immediately inflame and evaporate like in True Blood or um, the Anne Rice novels so I just thought it was interesting they leave a corpse just a weird thing to note and I'm yeah. gonna see if they keep consistent with that mm-hmm. yeah and I think going back to what you said earlier about vampires having a lot to do with Satanism and like the devil yeah. and stuff like that the reason why vampires don't like dust or self-immolate or whatever in this is because vampires in Supernatural are more like creatures whereas in a lot of other vampire stories they're more like demonic or magical so the rules surrounding them are more magical in nature whereas here it's like a thing and now it's dead and here's its body yeah and that makes sense i do like that they're a creature too that like keeps their soul which i guess is something they play with in this episode yeah i'm interested i'm interested in supernatural vampires oh there was also that little fang versus tooth thing that i think is so (laughs) funny because john in dead man's blood in season one makes such a big deal out of the fact that it's a vampire tooth not a fang and then here, <laughs> Sam calls it a tooth, and then Dean corrects him to a fang. And I'm like, well, which one is it? But I always like it when we decide that John was the one who was wrong after all. So yes. After this scene, we are in the bar. Gay little Sam! And we do get the gay little Sam moment. Yes, gay little Sam flirting with Ty Olson, who in this episode turns out to be a vampire, and then later comes back in season eight to be Benny who's also a vampire. Get your money, Ty. I'm also kind of curious because obviously like, because I'm trying to keep my kind of headspace out of Supernatural so that I can give my fresh view on every single episode. I don't spend much time on like Supernatural Twitter or anything, but when I do, everyone's always talking about gay or bisexual Dean. No one talks about gay or bisexual Sam. That's just because you're on like the Dean kin end of Twitter. Mm. Like, frankly, I really like all of Team Free Will basically equally, except that that Dean is my sweet idiot son. <laughs> but like honestly, gay little team free will. There are just mm-hmm. all, nice. all gay. Whatever. I'm down for it. I just like stories where no one's straight. The Fair. only straight person in this story is fucking John Winchester. John Winchester I is swear to God. fucking straight. Yeah. I could see him being like a toxic mask for mask though. <gasps> <gasps> Yeah, I bet he would be like, I'm not one of those gays. I'm not part of gay culture. Oh my god. <laughs> Horrible. Everyone knows everyone knows a gay like that. Yes. Unfortunately. I, I feel bad for gays like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate that you've planted that seed in my brain. Yeah. I'll I'll delete Jordan. toxic gay <laughs> Papa Winchester head. Ew, God. People are adding me on Twitter saying they like it. They just like that we fight about it. Papa Winchester truthers. Gross. Stop. (laughs) So we get to the bar scene. Right, at the bar. And that's where Gordon is Aragorning in the corner with his cigar and the ember lighting up his face, looking all intense and knowing who they are and what they're doing and shit. Yeah, I really, I was excited to see him because like, 
obviously everyone knows he's a good actor it's why he's starring in tv shows and in movies and stuff but like just his presence is like so strong that's sterling k brown by the way who was in black panther and in this is us and in marvelous mrs Maisel. Yeah. Amongst plenty of other things. What a fucking star. He's right? so great. I love him. And his presence in Ugh. this episode is just like, wow. Like, he, he kind of steals the show. He does. he does. Like, I'm like, yeah, Sam Dean, whatever. But what's this Gordon guys do? Well, to be fair, though, like, you kind of have to have a really strong actor to play, like, a fatherly insert in, like, a one-off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Although, he isn't a one-off. He is a recurring <laughs> character through... Throughout season two and is important to the narrative at large. So we'll see more of him. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm excited for that. He's such a fucking good face actor. Yes. Because sometimes, and I love Jared and Jensen, but every once in a while I'll be like, why is their face doing that thing? That thing on their face does not (laughs) match their emotion. And he nails every fucking one. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he's just so good. And I think, like, Gordon being a really intense character really mm-hmm. amplifies that mm-hmm. because all of his emotions are very big the yes. whole yes. time. And I feel like if he did it wrong, it would look so wrong since he's such an intense character. Yes. Is the first time they actually physically talk to Gordon when he follows them? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. When he, he stalks them into the alleyway yes. and they want to check his teeth. Here's kind of a frustrating scene because I don't know why. Everyone's got to talk like they're a fucking sphinx, like with their 12 riddles. Like he can't, they, they're like, show us your fangs. And he's got to be like, why won't you trust me? Why should I show you my fangs? Like you're not a damn vampire, dude. Just lift up your fucking gum. Right. Yeah, you're like, this knife is itching my throat. Uh, then show that you're not a vampire. Like, it's right. easy. I'm sure, like, part of it is just because we're not supposed to know yet mm-hmm. who is actually the vampire listening in on their conversation. But yeah, even before that, too, I think the way that they set up Gordon is to mm-hmm. frame him as a villain from the very first shot, because he's spying on them, yes. and he's sort of tucked away into a corner-ish, and then he's stalking them into mm-hmm. the alley. He looks like a big, tough guy. I'm not going to lie. He's got yeah. an intimidating face when he's doing his Aragorn thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think this would probably be a good time to talk about our issues with this character and kind of with the racist. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in the beginning, in the cold open, we don't see who kills the woman who just looks like, you know, a white woman being chased. But then we learn later that it is Gordon, a black man. And, you know, of course, later in the episode, he has that scene where he's, like, delighting in torturing Lenore, who is also a white woman who has repeatedly made it clear that she's not interested in perpetrating violence. So they position her as innocent as well so you know it just really feeds into the whole like black men are out to get white women thing yeah Yeah. it leaves a bad taste in my mouth even even as much as we love the callback to the slasher things in the beginning it kind of grosses me out too that he is a black man using a sickle because i don't know if this is intentional but in Candyman. It's literally a movie that plays on that exact same trope and who uses a hook to decapitate people. And it's in like that exact same shape. I don't know. It just makes me feel really gross. I didn't know that. I haven't seen Candyman. So Candyman is... 
I'm fine. I'm yeah, yeah. With so, it. but yeah, I'm it's just, just... It, it's plays on like the fear of like black men. So that's that's why um Jordan Peele is gonna eventually do a Candyman remake to oh, like reclaim that. Right. That yeah. would be fantastic. So yeah, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's like the second time I've like liked a cold open, and then it's like totally <sighs> swerved me. Like the last, like I remember Route Six Six Six. I was like, killer ghost truck fuck yeah. yeah and then i'm like oh <laughs> but it's a racist ghost truck right <laughs> and you know once again it's positioning black men so that it doesn't matter whether they're the villain mm-hmm. or the the victims yeah in the narrative mm-hmm. they're both being shown as really really violent mm-hmm. on on screen yeah and it's kind of like doing your due diligence as a writer like you when you have a final product like that you need to like look when you're have like any type of minority cast in something you need to see like how that's coming across and that's not to say that like you can't have a black actor as the villain because obviously he's fantastic mm-hmm. but when he's the only black character besides like i think we had talked about like a two second flash yeah of a there vampire. was an extra who was a black man was one of the vampires mm-hmm. that ambushed sam yeah, so when your only representation in this episode is a black man that specifically targets, murders, and tortures white women, mm-hmm. it just comes off as very uncomfortable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even um, when it's not women, there's the one white man at the lumber mill mm-hmm. who is dressed all just like a typical, like, average Joe, just part mm-hmm. of society. Blue-collar vampire. Yeah, blue-collar <laughs> oh vampire. Gosh. I want to read a story about blue collar vampires. <laughs> that would There's be too so many fun. mansions. <laughs> I yeah. love the mansions. No, I do, also... I do, but like white trash vampires yeah. though. I'm into it. Oh. I'm sure there's if we go back and watch True Blood again. Oh sure yeah, that's that. true. Oh my god, <laughs> I always forget about True Blood. Vampires from the swamp. Right. But yeah, to continue talking about um racism in this episode Mm -hmm. you know gordon talks about his backstory and having to like run away from home after his sister was ostensibly attacked and killed Mm because we don't know at that point that she was turned so like the vibe you get even though he doesn't say it is that he's like on on the run from the law yeah and you know none of that happened to john who was in a similar case who was the husband it's always the husband and it's always the husband Right. And what's the main difference there? Race. Race. Exactly. So, you know, there's that. And then uh, coupled with that, and we've talked about this before, specifically Mm -hmm. during Hookman, because there were a lot of encounters with police in that episode. Mm -hmm. But the whole narrative of this show is predicated on the fact that the main characters are white. The narrative completely falls to pieces if they are not white. Because you cannot be a person of color and operate within the United States the way they do mm-hmm. and not be murdered by police. It's just, it's Correct. not possible. With all of the gallivanting around with fake identities and having all kinds of weapons in their mm-hmm. car. and even, be able to, even being able to enter every state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's still fucking sundown towns. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like the race blinds ideology that we are recognizing is horrendous. And I think they're like, but if we don't mention race, but race is still like a thing that is in our environment. And you can't ignore that. You can't just pass over. Luckily, we're moving away. But even 10 years, it feels like a disservice. Right. Absolutely. And we're not like saying that the story should like revolve around like Mm -hmm. black trauma 
drama either. But no, when you're absolutely not, no. yeah, when ninety nine percent of your cast is white, it would be yeah. different if like yeah, there were just like a more diverse cast, and it just kind of felt like within this world, in this universe, black people yes. didn't have these issues. But we don't see that in this show. And as Adichie says, like it's not the problem that there is that story mm-hmm. it's the problem that that is the only story yes. the single story that then causes the like perpetuation right exactly exactly and you see the same thing with black women in the mm-hmm. show although there have only been a handful they're either victims like the character in hook man yeah who's specifically killed for being slutty and cassie also a victim but both cassie and missouri mosley also in positions of taking care of others mm-hmm. i'm thinking about cassie constantly getting them drunk drinks and making sure they're situated all the time and missouri um, essentially therapizing Mm -hmm. them and taking on like this uh almost mammy-ish quality at times but when it's black men it's always revolving Mm -hmm. around how violent they are yeah well and it's so crazy too because the only episode we've got that specifically talked about race in regards to black people is that like white people shouldn't feel so guilty about it right that was like the moral yeah two 20 something white guys (laughs) ended racism we Mm -hmm. fixed it hell yeah it was just a racist semi all along Once you got rid of that, we were good. We were all good. Yeah. And then to go further, it's not just, you know, the individual qualities that they assign him or his actions. It's the the basis of the narrative of the episode, which is to play with the morality system of hunting. That's the whole episode is to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he tells Dean that he likes hunting because things are black and white with no gray. And, uh-huh. <laughs> Just yeah. your face when you're, like, so clearly disappointed. I think it's how we all feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, of course... In this scene, Gordon is saying that they're on the white and monsters are the black. Mm -hmm. But what this scene is doing, because of the fact that we're understanding that Gordon is not a good guy, Mm -hmm. is that Gordon is in the black and the evil and, like, the the violent, he's the killer. Mm -hmm. And Dean and Sam are on the white end. They're the heroes. They save people. They worry about right and wrong, blah, blah, blah. And it's even visually, (laughs) they're positioned like that, opposite each other, across the table, a black man versus a white man. And we know that people of African descent have been described as black for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's also where the whole, like, black hat, white hat morality system comes from. Like, you look at really old primary source documents and you see things like black as devils. Mm -hmm. Like, they're specifically regarding evil with the color black and skin that's dark with Mm -hmm. that same blackness. So, so, so they're like calling on that historically racialized moral system and then placing them each within those historically racist roles. And it's just so awful that I I can hardly talk about it without shaking. (laughs) And the thing is, I don't, it's not even on purpose. Yeah. It's not even on purpose. It's just completely over their heads that they've done this, I think. It's so lazy. Yes. Because there's no, uh, like, self-reflection about how this show comes off. 
culture. I, and it speaks to the lack of people of color in the mm-hmm. writer's room. Although, as we've talked about, that doesn't necessarily mean that it would have been that better, especially 15 years ago. Because, you know, when all of your bosses are old white dudes, you're maybe not going to be as inclined to be like, hey, so this thing that you're making um, mm-hmm. actually reinforces my oppression by the way you're kind of racist you know <laughs> like because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not safe right no it's not it's not so anyway that's that on that <laughs> racist fucking episode that's that on that <laughs> yes thanks for the that's that on that corner <laughs> So to jump back into the narrative now that we've talked out. Tackled racism. Yeah, now that we've solved racism, (laughs) we have the lumber mill scene, which I think it's okay. So we made a joke about the fact that it's in the Red Lodge. Yeah. Which for Twin Peaks fans out there, Jordan and I were like, ha ha, Red Lodge, Black Lodge, White Lodge, ha ha. (laughs) And then, you know, the owls are not what they seem. And then they're in the fucking lumber, lumber mill. mill. And I'm like, oh shit, Twin Peaks it had AU. To be intentional. I don't even know. Maybe. Oh, I, I guess know. it doesn't so matter. Far over my head that when you're like Red Lodge, I thought you were like periods. Ew. And I still Although don't. it would be related. Vampires. True. Blood consumption. Yeah. <laughs> I was just hey, like, okay, looking Jasper at those lesbian vampire stories. The best ones. Yes. So the lumber mill. (laughs) So we're at the lumber mill. We kind of see the blue collar vampire. He's kind of like doing his own thing. His his Joe vampire thing. Conrad. Yeah. Was his name Conrad? Mm -hmm. Poor little Conrad. And that's when Gordon comes and tries to attack him from behind. They get into an altercation. Dean ends up saving him, and we get the awesome chainsaw scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. I liked it. Very gruesome. Could this be about communism? We have a sickle. We have a comrade. That was a Conrad. Conrad. I know. <laughs> Allie. I'm sorry. I just had to. But yeah, we get the kind of murder there, and then we get the... The kind of murder. The kind of murder. But we don't know yet. We don't know yet. But yeah, and then we get the intense stares between the three of them. So what did you all think? Like, I was kind of confused on why we had this, like, cartoon speed racer eye zoom in moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever thought of it that way. But it is like that old 80s anime style. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of 80s callbacks. This episode's a little campy sometimes. I don't, it is. I don't think that that was an intentional no, thing, not. but it just has those vibes. Yeah, so what I think is going on there is mainly we're absorbing the different reactions to this particular mm-hmm. kill. And then Sam and Dean's reactions to each other's reactions so we haven't had a hunt that was like this bloody or gruesome frankly it's pretty off the chain oh because <laughs> it was a permit. chainsaw because <laughs> it was a chainsaw anyway um oh, it, no, it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty wild 
chainsaw decapitation and you know dean gets all splattered in blood and he even seems pretty shocked by how violent and gruesome it was ali mentioned at one point he had his mouth kind of open and blood was getting in it so when he pulls the chainsaw down like his whole face gets splattered and his mouth is open so there must have been blood that went in yeah um when he pulls back in the next shot right before the look there's kind of blood dripping down his face and it's not in his mouth visibly but i'm convinced (laughs) convinced he ingested blood um which is interesting to think about considering this is a vampire episode and something something all vampires are gay something something true not to derail myself by talking about (laughs) or who's the monster taking the life force oh look at you but anyway so so dean is sort of shocked by his own act of violence and then they show gordon and sam and Sam is like, the fuck? <laughs> like, just really appalled and is sort of absorbing Dean's actions, whereas Gordon is, like, fucking thrilled. He's yeah. like, hell yeah. And then we see Dean again absorbing both of their reactions. Yeah. So that that's what I think why there was, like, that back and forth is because we're supposed to understand that there's differing opinions about mm-hmm. how that went down. Yeah. It was kind of interesting, too, because, like, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but, of course, this is another, like, monster allegory episode. Like, who's really the monster, which is pretty in- integral to the monster genre itself. And I felt like we were kind of getting a little bit of that in this scene, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so. I, I would say this is the earliest moment of that, but it, like the entire mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. discussion of gray areas and monsterdom in general is being questioned mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, and I know we had also just talked about the consumption of blood, which I think you might have had something to say something about, Allie. Yes, yes, yeah. We already went over vampires in a previous episode yes so i'm not going to rehash that instead i'm going to talk about blood because i was really curious since we don't like consume blood purposefully at least most people most of the time most of the time Mm -hmm. it depends um it does depend because there are things like blood sausage blood pancakes blood soup you can eat solidified blood protein bars from it nutrition bars or raw blood there's also the vampire facial yes oh yeah yeah where it like draws your blood and puts the blood on your face yeah because it's like the platelets Mm -hmm. yeah blood yeah i want to get that done and blood (laughs) is called liquid meat by some i've never heard that ever in my life by ally very deranged by websites and our sources sources are ally (laughs) (laughs) just says me i like the liquid meat Consuming blood is forbidden in Islam and Greek Orthodox religions. I don't mm-hmm. know if any others, because it kind of goes back and forth. There's that idea of some people think Catholics like consume blood, like cut people open and drink. There's a whole misconception because Do people of, actually have that misconception still today? Yeah. Huh. I've met some people who do. Yeah. It also depends on like how dedicated you are True. to the literal nature of the Eucharist. Yeah. Which you know the catholic thing that's a huge difference Mm -hmm. between catholicism and protestantism is that there Mm -hmm. is a literal transformation Mm -hmm. apparently into blood yeah and flesh yeah so there's that whole background but i was also really curious about what we get from blood and could it be animal blood yeah so blood is super high in protein 93 Mm -hmm. percent protein one percent carbs 
keto diet people, mm-hmm. blood smoothie for breakfast. Yeah, go try out being a vampire. You could, like, yeah. get your avocado mousse going, but then Ooh. instead of adding chocolate to it, add blood. Mm. Savory avocado mousse. True. Down. That's so Red disgusting. and green, you I could eat it for Christmas. I said that. Also, like, please don't drink only blood because, like, it has, like, no vitamins and minerals. Right, yeah. So, there's high protein, but nothing else, really. Except maybe pathogens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there's a lot of diseases that have started mm-hmm. from animal blood, and specific, like, HIV, syphilis, so. Yeah, exactly. And there's this big movement in, like, um, the food industry to use all the body parts, and there's a debate over whether blood should be used. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that issue of will this spread illnesses, um, how clean it is just in, like, storing and collecting right. it. So, there so are... no blood water beds? Oh, my Jordan. <laughs> That's so gross, and I love it. Imagine if it popped. Ooh. Ooh. It would be The Shining. That scene in The Shining. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and I was looking into animal blood, and so animal blood, some is very different, some is very similar. Mammals have very similar blood. Humans and mammals have no nucleus or organelles in their blood. Oh, animal blood, I found out, can be red, blue, green, or pink. Oh, what the fuck? And so I just wanted to tell you that, because what? Like, when exposed to oxygen? I. I'm assuming or just, that? like, inside the body. I think inside. I don't know. Okay. But it's so wild. That is pretty wild. So, I just wanted everyone to know that. Fun facts from Allie. <laughs> fun facts. But not so fun facts. Basically, like, theoretically, if vampires existed, there's a high chance that they could just drink other mammals' blood. So like, And in an emergency, spread. they could drink coconut water. Mm-hmm. Because coconut water can be used in an emergency as a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to look up what about blood do vampires take? Mm. Like, why blood? And so I was trying to see, because I was curious whether it could be, like, something we could use. And a lot of it goes to the idea of, like, a life source. Yeah. And blood obviously fuels the body. So it, a lot of it comes back to yeah. that. And I was really interested because it, like, if you use dead man's blood in this. And I was curious because I was like, oh, that makes sense because the, the blood no longer, like, is active. But then I'm right. like, but they don't say dry blood. So... Is the blood supposed to know, like, if the person's dead, like, what causes that change? I don't know. And would it's, it be, it's like, It's interesting a to source? think about. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because we've talked about how, like, there's kind of a lack of magic with, mm-hmm. like, they're more creatures rather than, like, a mystical right. kind of thing within Supernatural. So then, like, the dead man's blood is kind of like a mystical. Yeah. But it could be scientific, too. Like, we don't really know. Yeah. I'm so curious, though, because if you draw, like, vials, like, if you donated blood and then you died, they could still use your donated blood. Right. So that's what I'm so curious about. They have to keep blood in specific temperature controlled yeah. conditions though in order yeah. for it to be usable. So mm-hmm. I'm just so curious because they say specifically dead man's blood like will kill the vampires. Yeah, maybe it's No, it it paralyzes them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, it hurts. Yeah. Paralyzes. Yeah. Interesting to think about. Yeah. 
Oh, I actually was going to seriously talk about periods. Oh. Talking about... Okay, but so so we're talking, right, about, like, why blood. First vampire novel being Carmilla, totally centered around women and the loss of innocence there. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something significant in that blood is the life force and... Or not the life force. Well, it is. It is the life force mm-hmm. of vampires, but also loss of innocence with big air quotes is associated with the transition from girlhood into womanhood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what's something that happens then? Periods. Yeah, and this is even like past just vampires too. Like the period blood has been symbolic in werewolves yeah. and like mm-hmm. every type of Yeah, uh, because yeah. womanhood is reviled on the entire planet. Oh so of course, you know, yeah. every kind of fucking culture is going to have some sort of... Because even like witches are yeah. Yeah. It for like certain <laughs> things. God, Do you want to succubuses, know... we got it all. Do you want to know a dumb meme that I didn't understand for years? What? Yeah. I remember it was like 2008 and there was this meme that was like, what does Edward do when Bella's on her period? Mm-hmm. And I was like, acts like a normal fucking man. Like, why would that bother him? And then like genuinely, like at least two years later, I realized, oh, period means blood. Right. That one will always stick with me since it took me such a stupid amount of time to understand. Oh my God. Oh, we love little, little naive Valley. <laughs> 2008 Facebook memes. Ugh, bad times. Bad, bad, bad times. times. <laughs> All right, so we get back from the lumber mill, and now they're meeting. They're, yeah, the they bar. go to celebrate at the bar. Yes. We get the parallel where we're kind of seeing Gordon as being a John proxy in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we have this parallel then with Sam, who's just absolutely not putting up with that shit. Right, not at Good. all. So don't call me Sam. Yeah, like mm-hmm. only he gets to call me that. Yeah, and even earlier than that, I think we're intended to understand him as like a John type because he has the muscle car and all of the sleek, well-cared-for weapons that are all stored in a very organized way. And the only other person that we saw that had that in their vehicle was John. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention the weapons rack. Oh, yeah. Which is so fucking cool, and I wish they highlighted this more. Yeah. Or like adopted his idea because instead of in the trunk like you don't have to lift up a fake bottom right like in the back seats there are the back seats but then if you pull like halfway back into the back seats there's this rolling rack yeah of all the different weapons which is just it's a very a fucking cool it's a very efficient use of space yes. i i have to admire a man who um organized who organizes yeah. yeah and then you could put like a body in the trunk and still have access to your weapons perfect yeah absolutely no i definitely like that previously they had brought up chupacabras mm-hmm. and if i don't get a freaking chupacabra i'm gonna throw something right i, I keep know. waiting throw something Let's, we're gonna see what happens jordan okay good side note about chupacabras another kind of blood-sucking monster adjacent to vampires so of course that would be like the throwaway Mm -hmm. monster that they mention yeah teeny go go take on the little one yeah so with sam just not putting up with gordon's shit we do get the line from dean that's like you need to lighten up a little bit and then when um sam leaves he's like i'm gonna beat the buzzkill out of you Like, there's just, like, this weird, like, threat of violence against Sam from Mm -hmm. Dean in this episode that I thought was interesting because it literally ends up with him physically hitting Sam. Right. 
I think they're just trying to show, like, the once you go down this mm-hmm. path. Yeah, it, it's like how the quest for revenge has created a toxicity mm-hmm. that then infects the family structure, which is the same kind of thing that they touched on in Dead Man's Blood the last time that there were vampires. And we've seen that before in the way that John interacts with his sons. After Sam leaves, we also get the stories of their first kills. Right. Um, which we've already talked about briefly yeah. briefly um gordon's first kill but we didn't talk about dean's which of course was so sad like it was yeah yeah the i should be worrying about prom and yeah. yeah and i mean it's not even that he phrases it like that it's because he doesn't he says other mm-hmm. kids are worrying about it but I'm not. Yeah. And he doesn't seem especially, like, thrilled about mm-hmm. that fact. It's just a fact. Yeah. And it is Gordon who supplies that, like, that moment that kill made him embrace the life. Mm-hmm. But Dean doesn't really seem to agree with the verbiage there. Yeah. Like, he changes the subject. Yeah. To Gordon. So... It doesn't feel exactly like he has positive feelings about it, even though based on just like the words themselves, you would think that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just kind of sad because it's, again, kind of reinforcing that underlying level of Dean thinking he has to do this because he has to. Yeah. Yeah, rather than, like, it's not necessarily always something he's wanted for himself. Feels like the first time Dean can open up. Yeah, and part of that is because, of course, he's getting much-needed validation yes. from Whoa. Gordon that he never got from his dad and doesn't get from his brother. Correct. And um, he also says the line, I can't tell any of this to Sammy. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep my game face on. Exactly, which has been reinforced into him by John. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, he's been told he's the protector the caretaker but really like they're both adults now right and like to have a healthy like even for sam's sake they would have such a more healthy relationship if they communicated yeah i do think that a lot of the gotta protect my brother stuff does come directly from john but i think it also comes from within himself yeah as well like he isn't necessarily forcing himself to do it now Mm -hmm. although like yeah, it does ultimately come from John, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know how to phrase what I'm trying to say. I, get what I, you're I think, I think it's not just John. Yeah, and I mean, he just has that paternalness to him, but yeah, Sam does try and get him to open up, so it's not completely one-sided either. So, but it's just an interesting peek into his psyche. Yeah, right. I think it's not that he can't open up to Sam, but that he won't because of like, right his values and thoughts on their relationship right exactly speaking of um his relationship with sam versus how he's interacting with gordon i thought it was really interesting to compare this conversation he has with gordon with the one that he has with sam because gordon and sam both specifically talk about dean having a hole in his Mm -hmm. heart Mm -hmm. and just their approach to what to do with that and like Mm -hmm. how to move forward is so different and gordon essentially tells him to use it as a tool and as a weapon to pursue this hunting line Mm -hmm. where sam is like no don't do that like like trying to encourage him to heal and not fill it with like this toxicity i think like that is so absolutely john core yes gordon's whole thing about the whole all i can think about when he's talking about that is john and being like i gotta use my revenge as a motivator Mm -hmm. like to keep on chugging along 
I just wish at some point there's going to be an episode where I'm not thinking about John. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. I think, like, even on episodes where they don't bring him up, I find myself thinking about John mm-hmm. because, you know, he has such an impact mm-hmm. on the way they behave. It's wild. No, I totally agree. After this scene is when we get Sam making the call to Alan. And I feel like we had another Hannibal reference here, which I'll just yeah, past, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like, you just said that he was a great hunter and Alan's like... Yeah, and Hannibal was Hannibal Lecter was a great psychologist or whatever, Ooh, psychiatrist. Yeah. And I was just like, why can't Ellen be fucking direct? <laughs> Illegal. Like, what's the story, Ellen? He sucks. There's such, like, a bubble with, like, the way they experience hunter culture. And, like, I get it. We kind of need everyone to be a little dishonest for, like, narrative's sake. But it just, like, gets so frustrating that right. no one is. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Sam finds out where the vampires are and he sneaks into the hotel room. He was just at his hotel room and then the vampires kidnap him. Okay, they were at his hotel room. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah, he goes to get like a soda. Oh, he's yeah. like, somebody's watching me. But oh, no, they're so. in the motel room. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm getting black bagged. Our fourth fucking jump scare of the episode. <laughs> That one, I think this was the one that really got me. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. I knew it was coming, but still. Yay, Amber Benson. Yeah, we do. We got Amber Benson. Amber Benson famously played Tara in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was our lovable lesbian witch. Yeah. (laughs) R.I.P. And I like her. She was R.I.P. Tara, not Amber Benson. (laughs) She is alive and well. But yeah, I was so happy to see her. I thought she played the character well, except for like the whole resisting. There wasn't a lot of levels to Lenore, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think she had some really powerful lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were all mirrors of lines that John delivered in Dead Man's Blood. Yeah. Like talking about once they get our like hunters once they get mm-hmm. our scent they'll never leave us alone yes. they'll keep hunting us and like there's no reasoning with them mm-hmm. they're monsters or killers or whatever that kind of thing but i think something that's interesting about her character is that she for the most part except during that torture scene she's like in complete control mm-hmm. of the people around her and she's like a relatively small woman yeah so yeah. like it is an interesting dynamic in terms of gender mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah i definitely enjoyed her i was excited to see her keep playing cool supernatural characters yeah I love her outfit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels very, like, early 2000s bisexual with yes. the vest. Just, like, casually wearing a vest, like a formal wear vest. With her blowout hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It really was. Here is where we find out that the vampires are, of course, and we've been subverted. They're the good guys. Not subverted that hard because Gordon's obviously an asshole. So <laughs> Right. It's show, made pretty clear. It's made clear, yes. Show goes yeah. at great, great lengths to show that. Right. Since I was talking about clothing for mm-hmm. a hot sec, I do want to mention that you'll notice, I, and I think maybe we mentioned it with the car, but the car, Gordon's car is red. He's also wearing red here. Yeah. Whereas both of the boys are wearing cool tones. They're both wearing blues. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important because, um, like, the vampires, other than maybe the trickle that's forced into her mouth, mm-hmm. um, the vampires, we don't see drinking blood. We see Dean maybe consume a little, but then Gordon is fully committed to that and is right. the one that's causing the true bloodshed. Yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah, the red was a cool allegory. And then, of course, there is just the villains wear red mm-hmm. type of trope. And the good guys wear, wear blue, blue. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but I think it... It also just speaks to like demeanor like blue mm-hmm. is like the more peaceable yeah and, and whereas red is all about violence aggression. and passion and, and aggression yeah. yeah i will say like in terms of fashion i don't know how dean fights in john's jacket no it looks so like restricting yeah. it also looks like almost like he's a toddler playing dress up he does look so small in it it's yeah. cute he looks like a little noodle <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> little guy so Sam goes into the bar. He tries to talk privately with Dean, which we of it was course in the motel. The motel. He correct. meets him back at the motel, um, which we find out it was not such a private conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, not so private. I love when they're talking when they're like heading back to mm-hmm. the the farmhouse. Sam is just so good. He's so on the ball in this episode the whole time and he's just like completely memorized how to get there even though he had his like head covered like good on you because like i've tried to pay attention before just as Mm -hmm. you know a fun little exercise without looking what direction we're turning and stuff like that when you're in a car Mm -hmm. and uh it's hard well and it's kind of interesting too because of like dean getting the validation from gordon it's like making a point like dean's the hunter and then sam's more like along for the ride but then they make sure in this episode to know like no sam's a really good hunter too right which i really enjoy right and i love that they take that opportunity to have dean give sam validation yes in a way that john really didn't give them all the time yeah absolutely i could not get over though how much he looks like a puppy dog in this because his hair's so floofy his hair is so cute in this episode it looks like a dog who ran through a sprinkler and then let air dry but not in a bad way when he had the um, bandana in his mouth at the vampire's lair, he looked mm-hmm. like he was a child. <laughs> well, he was very young yeah. at the time. Not quite 30 yet, I don't think. So here in this scene, we do get kind of the line, we kill the supernatural from Dean, and then the mm-hmm. we know we kill evil from yeah. Sam. From Sam, mm-hmm. yes. I thought this was a really good interaction with them, besides like the punch. I felt so bad. I'm like, you didn't deserve that, Sam. <laughs> right. I think it's good character writing, it though, is. because we have seen so far that Dean has trouble dealing with mm-hmm. his big emotions, and grief is a huge emotion, mm-hmm. and we've seen him lash out physically in grief. Something else that I think is very relevant during mm-hmm. this scene is Sam inhabiting the gray space between a human and a supernatural yeah. creature mm-hmm. because of the fact that he has the psychic abilities. And you have to wonder, like, how much is Dean trying to push against, mm-hmm. like, Sam being different in this moment because he's so, like, aggressively arguing. And it also kind of shows a little bit too, like, how much John like ignored Sam's psychic abilities mm-hmm. to the point of literally being told by Missouri <laughs> and then acting completely surprised when it was brought up by the boys. Right. I mean, so. there is the fact that like the powers only started when they turned 22. Yes. Or whatever. But yeah, other than that, mm-hmm. you, we do get the sense that John knew about it way in advance. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, so. fuck that guy. Right. Okay. I thought it was interesting during this cabin scene too, when they walk in and um, Gordon and Sam immediately get into like a physical altercation mm-hmm. because of the fact that Sam goes forward and is like, no, like Sam and Gordon are the ones fighting and then Dean puts himself in the middle of it. And because we've already had Gordon shown to be sort of a John character and specifically identified as like a um, replacement for John by Sam, I can't help once again, but think of Dead Man's Blood with, you know, Sam and John fighting and Dean getting himself in the middle of Yes. to like stop it i love how complex this episode is in yeah. that way like it's constantly grabbing backwards into dead man's mm-hmm. blood and it makes it feel very rich and textured yeah i don't know even when they like brought up the name it's like he pulls out the knife like dead man's blood <laughs> right yeah it's just and then like that scene happens and you're like oh it was really well done mm-hmm. right 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 And then how they move from that to Gordon talking about his sister and revealing that his sister was a vampire, actually. And that's when we get the most apparent parallel Mm -hmm. with Sam. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I feel like that torture scene was unnecessary, but it's here. It was. It was unnecessary. The show loves its unnecessary violence Mm -hmm. against women. (laughs) What can I say? Just they were trying to just up the drama and literally nothing else yeah well i think they were trying to impress upon us how fucking psychotic gordon is and that was the point of that it just feels really gratuitous Mm -hmm. especially with the race elements going on and it's kind of sad too because like that scene's kind of paralleled with the scene right before this where it's lenore talking to eli and it's like, if we can change, so can they. Right. And then we see her being tied up and tortured immediately. Like, Gordon's not going to change. Gordon's not yeah. going to change, but Dean does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's right in the long, yes. in the long run. And I think the other the other scene in this episode where there's mm-hmm. someone tied up a captive is Sam with her and Eli. And it's mm-hmm. such a stark difference between her, like, we're going to send you back home, mm-hmm. like, not a mark on you. Yeah. And, like, she is literally covered in little marks, little cuts. We get a pretty good action scene between yeah, Gordon did. and Dean. I did like the Gordon and Dean fight. And I think part of that, it's because it's not very choreographed. It's all yeah. about the emotional stakes behind mm-hmm. it. You're a killer like me. Like, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, you know? That's that good shit. That's that shit that I like. And, like, I was... We don't want no 25-minute long lightsaber duel. Yeah, no. exactly. We want a minute and a half of dudes yelling at each other and rolling around. Mm-hmm. For as much fault as this episode has, I, like, really just loved the end of this episode. Yeah, me too. Yes, the end is incredible. It's incredible. Oh, like, um, heartbreaking. For one, like, Dean not having to kill mm-hmm. Gordon was incredibly surprising to mm-hmm. me. Right. And just, like, the look on Gordon's face when he's tied up. Yeah. And just, like, the he's pure just... hatred. Yeah, he's just fucking pissed. He is mad. And he can't even, like, react to Dean's little quips or, like, Mm -hmm. anything. He's just furious. Yeah. And then um, we immediately go outside and then goes into the interaction between Dean and Sam, which is, again, so good. Yeah. Because, like, Dean feels Mm -hmm. bad. Like, he knows who's in the wrong. He's like, you can, you you know, clock me. Like, I won't hit you back. Like, and then Sam's like, why would I do that? Right. Like, Sam was like, I get it. Right. It's just very... 
very good. Yeah, yeah. and the whole the whole interaction that they have over the car, where which is basically an admission that mm-hmm. the way they were raised was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dean is like, what if we killed things that didn't deserve killing? Yes. Like, it just yeah. hadn't really fully dawned on him before. And then he's like, oh, shit. Except yeah. for the follow-up line, which his dad did the best that he could. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Edit script delete. Like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. We ignore that line. That didn't happen, actually. It's not canon? Yeah, no. I wish they had just changed it to, like, we did the best we could. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't need to bring John into this. You don't need to justify any fucking thing. Right. I mean, to be fair, this whole episode revolves around John, yeah. their grief over his death, and, mm-hmm. like, the culture that they were raised True. both in and outside of, because yeah. he did keep them isolated from it mm-hmm. while being fully immersed in the life, as they say. What did you guys think of those final couple of shots of silence? I loved it. There's because there's the one where he's like looking back and mm-hmm. then the car leaving. I'm so glad they did that because it is such an unresolved issue. Um, and right. So many unresolved feelings. I feel like even more. So I really am glad they took that moment for silence because this show doesn't often do that. No, it doesn't. I know that this is not going to be the end of the John Mm -hmm. Grief storyline, but, like, the silence and the literally leaving away from the place, Mm. I think, was supposed to be a little symbolic of letting go a little bit of that grief. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty good moment. Yeah. Yeah, like, the whole end of this episode was fun. Yeah, and I interpreted it a little bit as, like, it is, it does feel related to John because he's looking back at the house where Gordon is, and Gordon is our proxy for John in this episode, and deciding that they're not staying there in that moment with that toxicity and violence, and they're leaving and going in a different direction. It's just very, like, whew. I don't know. There's also just something about that shot in particular, and I'm not a big fan of lens flare Mm -hmm. usually, but it's just very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Mm -hmm. The bright sun represents John burning in hell. Good. Good. Eat dust, John. Fuck you, John. Are we ready to talk about the fanfic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get this big. I don't remember what I picked. Even in the slightest. Surprise. Surprise. It's always fun when it's a surprise because, because. So the fic I picked is a serial killer AU. I think it works, you know, just in the ways that Gordon is presented to us as a killer and we're Mm -hmm. made to think about who is at fault and who deserves to die and all of this, all of this crap. Got all of it going on here. The title of this fic is Darkly Dreaming Dean. It's by Ducky Boos, who is relatively famous in fandom. They have a lot of very well-beloved fics. I'm not going to read this whole summary because it's very long, but here's what I will read. Dean Winchester has the perfect life with his shy but sweet boyfriend in the suburbs. He has a steady, well-paid job with the LAPD, and he's charming and attractive. Really, he's living the American dream. Capital A, capital D. Um, it's his extracurricular activities that some may disagree with, as he's also an accomplished serial killer. To date, his kills amount to around 36, and he's never been caught. He's employed by the law, remember? He knows how these things work. Accurate representation of police. Yeah, right? (laughs) Right? 
this one is a Destiel fic, but it also features Sam Jess. Mm-hmm. I love how many fics, like, still do Sam Jess. And she's only in, like, maybe three episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe three? And, like, very partially, not even. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the characters here, other than Dean, Cass, Sam, and Jess, are Victor Henriksen, Benny Lafitte, Ellen Harville, Bobby mm-hmm. Singer, Ed and Harry, and Balthazar. Kings. The additional tags are AU Serial Killers, AU Police, Detective Dean, Writer Cass, Serial Killer Dean, AU Dexter, Established Ooh. Relationship, Murder, Top Dean, Bottom Cass, Anal Sex, and Innocent Cass. I'm a little surprised with all of the Hannibal references that you didn't go with like a Hannibal crossover, but this one's fun. You know, I think at the time my thought mm-hmm. process was we already did a Hannibal crossover. True. 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 We don't need any more Gollum, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Bring yep. it back. No. Horrible. Well, if that's the case, if we only do one, I'm glad we got Dean X Harry Potter out of the oh way. Oh my god, that one was hilarious. <laughs> I still can't get over that. Yeah, I try not to think about it. I try not to remember it. I try to remember it. Wasn't he driving like a van across the country? Yeah. It was some weird ass yeah, setting. Harry, Harry, Harry Potter pregnant in the van. <laughs> Harry had a van, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, I love like the murder husband's idea yeah. for a supernatural AU because like honestly, they it, this show is mm-hmm. like if it weren't for the monsters, it is the like murder hobos mm-hmm. D&D thing. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. bounce from one town to the next killing shit. True. So Sweetie. like works for me i don't know i know i really like it of course like always anyone out there has read these please let us know yeah we love hearing about it yeah knowing your opinions this one is relatively long so i didn't even i didn't even bother starting it's like let's get this word count going well it's not that bad it's about 30k oh okay Mm. that's that's not horrible we just don't have much time yeah i'm very busy (laughs) <laughs> I'm so busy and important. Let's rate the episode. I'm going to rate it three out of five really good mustaches. <laughs> and that's because, okay, so I have to knock it down two points for like the overt racist stereotyping yeah. of black men and of course violence against women. But I might as well just leave that out at this point because we know that's in every episode. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole show. So yeah, but um, I will say really loved sam in this episode probably my favorite sam episode Ooh. thus far mm-hmm. um or at least with the characterization of sam yeah. for like, season two anyway. for season two yeah really like the characterization of dean in this mm-hmm. and Sterling k brown is just fucking incredible in this episode which no surprise so and we get to see amber Bans- benson so yay three out of five what about you Allie? this one i struggle with i think i'm gonna rate it at 4.5 but the only reason it gets that high rating is Sterling Brown. He is fucking incredible. I would rate it a few points lower without him, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. But I think he kind of saves it. And while it is a really problematic perspective, he, like, he just did so well. And I don't want to fault him or his performance no, yeah, for that. No, yeah, of course not. Because it was fucking amazing. So I'll give it 4.5 out of 5 sam floofy hairs oh <laughs> so cute so cute so taking into account all of the really absolutely heinous racism going on in this episode probably give it like a three and a half out of five big red muscle cars mm. love it 
But if it weren't, if it weren't racist, so extremely racist, this would be a five out of five for me. This hits all of the beats, Mm -hmm. like everything I want. This is like my favorite kind of monster narrative. And I feel like all of the character dynamics are so complex. Like there's overarching story stuff happening here underneath all of the individual monster of the week things Mm -hmm. that are going on. We learn a lot about like hunter culture in this that we haven't really seen before just on account of the fact that dean and sam have been isolated from them from everybody by john fuck john John. so much but yeah no that it's just i i really can't in good conscience like rate this episode too highly because of that Yeah. yeah and everyone's performance is really wonderful everyone's episode as well so all right, Jordan, what next? Ooh. What's coming for us? God, it's so hard in the beginning of the seasons to predict <laughs> what's going to happen. Well, we just got a big grief story, mm-hmm. so gosh, what's going to happen now? How are the boys going to develop? <laughs> They're uh, not. Mm, possibly. That's the secret. <laughs> well, first, we haven't had a ghost in a while. I think it's about time for a ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I would like them to go back and have a little story with who is ellen Ugh. and um joe and ash i really miss them mm. mostly ash i liked ash the most i think out of the three <laughs> gay little mullet yeah mm. um so yeah i want to see the boys have a good time they've they've grieved this episode i want them to just have some fucking fun and i think that's what's gonna happen all right i'm here for it I want a beach episode. <laughs> Aww. Always. <laughs> Poor babies. They deserved a beach episode. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Greenville, Illinois. Bye. Bye. Bye.